Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene From Los Angeles, California, and Maria Menounos, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Spotlight On is a long-form interview series featuring actors and TV personalities. And now, from the world's number one TV after-show platform, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Carroll and welcome to Spotlight On. I am so excited to have with me actress extraordinaire. I mean, just your resume is unbelievable and I hope it only grows. I have with me Amy Gumnick. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. I was so excited that you came back. Um, I had, we had you on for turn. Yes. Uh, gosh, about two months ago now. Wow, was it? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I was just like, you know, I felt like I didn't get to talk to you enough because you have all these other shows, and so we focus on Turn, right. which I'll still ask you about a little bit. Of course. But your resume is ridiculous. Thank you. <laughs> um, first of all, congratulations, season two. I know! I, I know last one was here, we didn't know. No, or or did you guys actually know no. your little hush They hush really kept it? us in the dark. And you know, I kept, like, emailing and calling, like, series regulars, be like, do you guys know anything? And they... <laughs> were like even the creator of the show found out when we found out so they were like very secretive about it which i feel like is kind of perfect Mm -hmm. for a show like turn gotta like keep the mystery going did they give you like an official call like how does that work because like for me dylan who you'd met Uh um who did turn with us he came by my desk at work and he was like so uh turn got renewed for season two and he's like there's a deadline article about it yeah that's how i found out oh really no i don't know if it was like that for everyone um i was actually out of town at a friend's wedding and i had didn't have any cell phone service Mm -hmm. and i felt like okay i'm just gonna leave work at home this is a good excuse to like get away um and the second we got back into cell phone service my phone started beeping and there were like messages and facebook posts and i was like it was like the best way to come back into reality yeah first you're like wait i didn't get anything until i saw the deadline article as well do they make sure that they um now for a new season do they confirm you guys beforehand they're like do you have something in your contract that says no. if there's a season? Oh. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not contracted because my character is recurring. So, mm-hmm. um, Maybe Jamie Bells is a little different. Yeah, I mean, I know that they were given tentative dates, but even that is still kind of up in the air. Um, my situation is a little bit different because I'm episode to episode, so mm-hmm. every phone call is an awesome surprise. <laughs> um, so I do know that they were given like tentative, an idea of when they would be shooting, but nothing official. Okay. So in the meantime, people, you know, the actors and writers were like out there looking for other work because you never know. Yeah, um, so you gotta keep was, something yeah. just in case. Yeah. So it was a, a very pleasant surprise for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so when do you guys, do you know, when you start shooting, or have you got gotten... the rumor is end of September, um, okay. but we haven't gotten an official word yet. So it'll be back so. to cold northeast. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, no polar vortex. Oh my time, god! Last time we survived the last one, so I think we can. We can make it through anything now. Yeah, and this time, and you'll be prepared. You'll be like, okay, right. must, I need, you know, mittens and gloves. Oh, I don't know if you can prepare really. for that cold, but it's an adventure. That's so cool. Have they gotten you any hints on your character or? No, I do know. Um, you'll you for know. sure be, Philomena will be back. I hope so. We're crossing, like, everything you can she possibly has to, because they haven't. Her storyline still has so much to do with everybody. Right. Well, you know, I think a lot of. Philomena's storyline has to do with where they go with John Andre. And I know that um, 
we've sort of been unofficially told, and in the media, they've hinted at the fact that season two will feature him um, pretty heavily. So hopefully. I know we'll have a few uh, of our panel. Very excited. Yes, a few people. I actually got to uh, meet him briefly and yes, have an interview I saw with him. That. Yeah. I mentioned you. He's, he called you, you his muse. Oh. So well, I was like, you. that's a great yeah. title for that. I love that. Now, it was cool. You guys have such great chemistry on the show as well. And I know you were saying that you had met previously mm-hmm. before you actually got to go on the show. Right. Did you find talking with him? kind of helped ease into what you guys were expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's rare when you get thrown into a situation like that. For whatever reason, they always start you with the most intimate, the most intense, the most whatever the situation is scene, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of an icebreaker. They just want to throw you right into it. Yeah, There's exactly. no time to get comfortable. Everything else is easy then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned, I think, when we talked last, when I first landed in Virginia, I had a message um, from one of the ADs saying that um, J.J. Field would like to speak with me. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous. Um and we had a f- about a day, a day or two before we started filming. Um, mm-hmm. So we met and had coffee and talked about the characters and sort of created a backstory and a little bit of a history. Um, and just having that opportunity to sit down and talk to this person face to face before jumping in a room naked with him um, was a, such a huge gift and definitely made the first day of filming feel like. I was going to work with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great. He's so welcoming and warm and passionate about what he does. Um, so immediately I was sort of like welcomed into that. And, you know, as someone who did, why wasn't in the pilot, um, so you never know what the dynamic on a new show is going to be. Um, and so it was really, I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity with him. Um, and I want to, speaking of jumping in the bed, yeah. I'm always curious, like, for me, I mean, I grew up in a family, like, we're in the Midwest, so we're all, like, right. I'm clothed all the time. How is it going into a scene like that? Like, how do you prep yourself, like, I'm going to be naked on camera in about five minutes? I don't know that you can prep yourself <laughs> Just do for it. it. You're just like... You know, it's interesting, because with this character in particular, there were so many aspects that I was so nervous about and so excited about. Mm-hmm. Um and you just have to kind of jump. I mean, that the first time on set when they call action and you have to drop that robe um, is terrifying. There's a moment that you think, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? And yet once you do it, you realize it's all part of the adventure. Um, and everyone on that show in particular, I was really lucky that they were so, so incredibly accommodating and... Um, really as professional and respectful as I think they could have possibly been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I was lucky. I feel like I kind of got eased into it. At AMC, too, I mean, even if potentially you're nude right. on the set, on screen it's like, you know, you see kind of yeah. not and, the whole and you're thing. Not, I wasn't totally nude. I had little mm-hmm. pasties on. Um, but that, too, I mean, I walked into my trailer and you know I knew even going into the audition that there was there would be partial nudity okay. so um, they prep you they're not they, they do, don't throw yeah. you in there and go no, oh, you have to say way, even at the audition, you have to say on camera that you are willing to discuss nudity okay um and AMC is very tasteful about it mm-hmm. um it was funny actually when I auditioned for a turn the next day I had an audition for an HBO show and that's a different situation Nudity on HBO. Yeah. Um, no pasties. No, not no. at all. Especially I, for the women. Like, yeah. the guys have a sock. A li- yeah, I do, I do True Blood. Oh, so they have so their you know sock of, you know, that, yeah. you know well, some of them were. There was a sock. I, uh, yeah, it's pretty much all JJ got. Um, <laughs> but when I walked into the trailer, I had, you know, little, like, boy shorts and a, um, the paint, the, like, petal pasties. Yeah. Don't get too graphic. And I thought, like, okay, this is kind of like a bikini. Like, I could, I could do this. And then he picked up the shorts and there was another pasty that I had never seen before. (laughs) So I thought, well, maybe I get to wear that under. Maybe it's extra protection. Yeah. And they, like, brought the wardrobe in. They were like, no, no, just the stickers. (laughs) Okay. But no, AMC, luckily, um, they have everything very drawn out. Um, mm-hmm. We actually, the first scene that we filmed was the post-bedroom scene, okay. um, where JJ got to keep all of his clothes off, but I didn't get any. Um, and we shot the whole scene, and it was 
great, and we were like off getting warmed up because it was absolutely freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they called us back to set, and we were like, "We're we're done. What do you need?" Um, and we went back on, and they their words were, "Well, we saw a bit too much of your divide, so we need to refilm it." <laughs> so I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> but it was nice to know that um, they were watching. They were really you. watching. Well, in that scene too, you know, when he has his clothes on and you don't, right? I thought. That really, you know, some stuff you're like, oh, they don't need this. Mm -hmm. But for the plot purpose for that, I took it almost as you were being vulnerable with him. Right. But some of the panelists for for Turn thought that it was the opposite, that you were, Hmm. you know, that's why they call, you know, um, Philomena like the honeypot. Right. Is because she's using her sexual ways to to spy. Yeah, we both have our our ways. (laughs) (laughs) How cool has it been to be on the show? Like, were you a big history buff growing up? Not really, actually. I, I definitely, um, you know, I growing up, we all have to take a certain amount of U.S. history. And yeah. So I knew basic facts, but it was, history was never really my subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was interesting when I first auditioned for this show, I had like a moment of, okay, now I need to go back and revisit all those history books. Um, and it was a really interesting and great opportunity for me to sort of fill in the gaps in my own education um, and revisit the facts that I did know and then you know the, sh- the show goes into such detail and introduces you to the characters in a way that aren't in your history books yeah. um, so it sort of re I don't know like relit that flame for mm-hmm. me um, and you know the rest of the cast had the period between the pilot and that first episode to really brush up on those historical facts. So I had some catching up to do. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like as an actor, when you're given something, especially, you know, a part that is based in reality or a show that is based in historical truth, um, it's a great opportunity to learn a new skill and new facts. And um, so, yeah, I have sort of become more of a history buff since the show. Do you, what do you prefer as an actress? Because I, I almost think Philomena is, is a perfect role because you have guidelines. Right. But you're not, you know, you're not a real person mm-hmm. like how, um, you know, uh, Woodhall is, uh, right. Abe is, and, and you kind of have to stick to who that is. Or even we, Ianon, where he's General Washington. I right. mean, you have, you have to stick with that. But Philomena, like, you can kind of create yeah. her your own character and, um, would you prefer to have like the strict guideline, like a General Washington, or mm-hmm. do you like this middle ground, or are you just like a character that's completely made up? I think there are elements of each that are fun and challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, though. Like you said, I feel like Philomena kind of is the perfect medium mm-hmm. because she sort of represents an entire world of women that lived in that time, um, and yet I'm not recreating someone that is known and loved throughout history. So that pressure is off. Um, And I I do get a little bit more, I think, creative freedom um, in sort of developing who this woman is, was. You know, I'm sure there were many Philomenas. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's sort of the marriage of the best of both worlds. There's there's the truth and reality there, and yet I get to play and create this fictitious character. And you could like, some of the most fun scenes, too. I mean, you're the... Part one of the comic reliefs of this show, you know, it's it's all so fascinating. And then you come in, and it's just you know you create this fun atmosphere as well with her with her character. Yeah, it's so fun. Which I mean, scene sticks out in your head as something that? Oh gosh, really was like, man, that was a great day on set. You know, all of them. I really have to say, I've been very spoiled on this show. <laughs> um, it's really been every episode, every director that I've worked with, every actor that I've worked with on turn. Um, brought a new life to the show. I think one of the scenes, one you know, if I had to choose one, um, I would say the scene where I'm playing cards and being tortured. I love that. Scene. Um, we and that was about that yeah, before. and that, that was, was something awesome. that I um, hadn't even really prepared for because I didn't know the extreme that the director was going to allow us to go. And he really gave us the freedom to play and to sort of find that scene through both what was given in the script and kind of just let us improv it. Um, and so I think that was the biggest surprise for me. You know, reading the script, it wasn't 
very comedic. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, together, we really found that comedy. Um, so that's always a fun gift as an actor to walk onto set thinking it's going to go one way and have a totally different experience and one that I think in a lot of ways allowed me to grow and sort of stretch out of my idea of who this person was and what this world was and is. Um, and I think in any drama, you have to have comedy. You have to you find do. the fun. Because it's a dark show. It is. You, got, you have moments. to have fun. Yeah. So that's life. we got to balance. I want to do one last turn question. Yeah. So for season two, what do you want to see Philomena do? Like if you oh, were man. writing it or chatting with the director and go, you know, let's have her um, be sneaky or let's actually have her be an American. <laughs> well, that's something well, that we've talked a lot be, about. Yeah. We don't know which side Philomena is on in truth. Because mm-hmm. um, she does start out, she's an American actress mm-hmm. um, and then is turned and I think that there are endless possibilities of where they could go. I would love to see her maybe be a double spy. Um, if he gets too close to Abigail. I was just going to say, now that Abigail's in the scene, yeah. Um, and I also think that, you know, having seen glimpses of her go into other characters, like we briefly meet Iris, um, I would love to be thrown just crazy, wacky characters to... Mm-hmm go do naughty things with and find out information. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to really explore what that undercover spy world was. And I think that Philomena is a kind of perfect tool to do that with Um, because they've sort of set up that she can be anyone and go anywhere. And she's an actress. Yeah. 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 So I would love to see them use that side of her more. So I want to talk about you were on, it was a small role. But I want to go, you were on one of my favorite shows, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. I want to talk about your experience. It was three days of snow as Amanda. Yes. How was it being on that set? Because they're... Oh, so fun. It's got to be so different than a, than a turn because you're, yeah. it's comedy and, you know, you're with Neil Patrick Harris and oh, yeah. Josh Radner and everybody. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I was definitely a little starstruck walking into that table read. Um it was so fun. It's so interesting because it was um, the first comedy I had done um, in TV land. Um, <laughs> and the show is taped as if there's a live studio, studio audience, but there's not. And so mm-hmm. we had a day of rehearsal where you rehearse as if kind of like you're working on a theatrical production um, mm-hmm. where we rehearsed just the cast and the director. And at the end of that day, all of the producers and writers came down and saw a run through. Um, and then based on their reactions and where we got the laughs, the, they would rewrite and give us new lines. Um, Interesting. That's so you really cool. have to be on your toes. And coming from a theater background, I grew up in the theater dance world, so I, I didn't even realize how closely related the two mediums were until doing that show. Um, and you just have to kind of be open for whatever they may throw at you because sometimes there's not time to re-rehearse or even ask questions. You just have to go. Um, and that show is such a well-oiled machine. I mean, they really have their formula down. Um, so it was one that every time I wasn't on camera, rather than going back to my trailer, I kind of hung out and just watched. And I felt like it was such an incredible master class in comedic acting, just watching them work because it's so natural mm-hmm. for all of them. Um, How many days so were you fun. on set for? For, you know, I think for, it was only about three days. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we had the day of rehearsal, and then I think the filming was spread over two days. And it was fun. That was um, while I was on set, Neil Patrick Harris found out that he was nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, like, had a big surprise, and the band played when he came on to set. And so I got to be part of, like, that celebration, which was really Take fun. Take any videos? Like, fun. <laughs> no, I wasn't allowed. Aww. In my mind. Um, <laughs> but he's great. And it's really amazing how you, you walk on. And, you know, when I first got to the table read, I was couldn't believe who I was sitting at the table with. Um, and within minutes, you realize, like, they're just normal people. Yeah. And really down-to-earth, fun, great group of people. Well, I, I saw, I've saw i seen Alison Hannigan at a few premieres. Okay. And She's she... So she goes up to everybody. Yeah. She was pregnant, all like I think, that. like eight months pregnant in heels. And she walked up and down yeah. Hollywood Boulevard and signed for everybody yeah. that wanted it. Yeah. And, like, that's that's an amazing cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Really great experience. Um, and I actually grew up with um, 
Adam and Jason Siegel brothers. Um, I was good friends with their little sister growing up. My brother was good friends with them. So I hadn't seen him probably since I was like five. And so That's after so our first tambourine, I went up to him and was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to play with your sister. Um, so it was like a fun little reunion of sorts. That is too yeah. funny. A Obviously, small before world. he was anyone. <laughs> so every time my parents see him on billboards, they're like, we remember him when he was a child. That's where like, they send like child pictures. Yeah. Like, Look at him here. <laughs> yeah. That is but they're a great funny. group. Really fun. So then where did you, so you grew up in California. I did, yeah. Not in Sweden. Let's put this on the record. I am not from Sweden. I'm sorry to disappoint. I was like, I looked you up online to get, you know, some more stuff, and there's not a lot. And what I was telling you earlier, one of the things I found is you're from Sweden. Sweden. Yes, I I found that as well. Really? That's interesting. And you're not even Swedish. No. What what ethnicities are you? Uh, Polish and Russian. Primarily, okay. with lots of little things mixed in. But. My stepdad's 100% Polish. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. My mom's side is Polish. My dad's side is Russian. I have a little and Russian. We have a little French in there, and oh. you know, we're a mush. We, but not <laughs> Swedish. That's too funny. It's got to be the but blonde I'm ha- hair. I'll take yeah. it. I, I would mean, love to go to Sweden, so if that gets me anywhere. That's what you should do, like, next, if you go to Sweden, just, like, take a selfie right. and be like, I'm in my I'm hometown. Home. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. You know, it's funny. I, I don't even know don't a Swedish word. it online because I think it's kind of awesome that yeah. I'm from Sweden. Sure. I mean, she is from Sweden, you guys. I'm don't from, yes. remove I'm that. From Swedish. <laughs> so California, born and bred, though. Yes, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Native. One of yeah. the few. Dodgers yeah. fan, then? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, I thought you said Dodgers fan. Oh, like, Dodgers. Well, I mean, Excuse yes, me. Yes, Dodgers, yes. It's a little warm. Maybe I should have some it's warm. warm. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, my boyfriend works for the Dodgers. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah my husband is, like, a diehard fan. So oh, nice. I is he from He's LA also well? from Los Angeles, actually. How did you guys meet? In college. Okay. Yeah. Uh, UCSB. Yes. So tell that us about... That fact is true. <laughs> okay, good. Tell us about, um, you know, for people who want to get into theater and acting, how was that a good tool for you to bring on? Oh, it was amazing. Um, as I mentioned, I grew up in the theater and dance world, um, mm-hmm. but not professionally at all. Um, you know, community theaters, school theater, um, the theater department of my high school was sort of like what got me through. Um, you said dance. Then did you do musical theater? or did I you did. Do I did, okay. yeah. All of the above. Um, yeah, I started dancing when I was five, and so I kind of grew up in the competitive dance world, and that sort of shifted into musical theater, and then um, I focused primarily... I mean, I, I kept dancing, but my my passion and love for theater sort of took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't really remember a time in my life that I didn't know I wanted to act. Um, and, you know, growing up in L.A., it was all around me. My parents are very, very supportive of the arts, but not in the industry at all. Um, and so I begged to let them, like, let me try it. Let me just see. And so we, for a very short period of time, somehow, when I was... About eight or nine, I somehow convinced them to let me, like, just see what it was like. And so mm-hmm. I got an agent and a manager and, like, went through the whole thing. Well, it's um, good when you're here, too, because it's not yeah. like some actors have to move cross-country right. for it. And right. then that's where parents are like, you know, yeah. maybe well, be an accountant. Parents, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a tricky world. You have to be really careful. Yeah. Um, and so the deal at the time was I could audition as long as it didn't interfere with school. And whoever was unhappy first, me or them, it was over, no questions asked. And if I still wanted to be an actor and went to college and was still insistent on it, they would support me 100%. Um, so like I said, I think it lasted about three months. Um, and ultimately, I met another little girl who we became friends through auditioning together. And so my mom called her mom to like set up a play date. And the answer on the other end of the phone was absolutely not. They're in competition. They can't be friends. And I, I remember so clearly my mom hanging up the phone and looking at me and saying, remember our deal? It's over. And I was devastated. And now looking back on it, I could not be more grateful mm-hmm. um, because it did allow me to continue my childhood and education as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and then pursue it after college, and they've absolutely held up to their end of the deal. I was a theater major in college, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like when applying to schools, I knew I wanted to go to a school with a strong theater program, um, but I also wanted to be in a setting that 
I was interacting with all kinds of people from all backgrounds and all different interests. Um, so that camp is, is huge. Yeah. Well, and UCSB is interesting because it's, um, yeah, a huge liberal arts college. And mm-hmm. so I still had to do all of the general ed classes, um, which I think are valuable anyways. Yeah. You never know. Exactly. Um, you need a backup plan. Oh, yeah. And I took, LA, I took classes I mean, in things I didn't even know I was interested in and ended up loving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely cherish that time. But within the school, there's a three-year conservatory, which is a Bachelor of Fine Arts program. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. I got the conservatory training at a liberal arts school where I was exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I recommend it. Um, I am grateful beyond words for the training that I got there and was really fortunate with the community, um, both students and faculty. And I'm still very close with all of them. Um, so, yeah, it was great. And then I think there's also only so much you can learn in a classroom. And so the second I graduated, I started auditioning and being on set and, you know, t- getting any little job working in a casting office or uh, I did extra work sort of to really get a sense of what is this world that I've dreamt of my entire life and is this a reality? Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like still years later, I feel like I'm in like the most incredible, intense graduate school program I could ever design. Um, There's constantly new things to learn. What was your first job that gave you your SAG card? Um, Well, um, (laughs) I actually initially got, or I became eligible to join the union through extra work. I was an extra on the show numbers. Yes. Um, And I was advised at the time to hold on to my eligibility and not join until I had a job that would help pay the dues, Um, which was very good advice. And I was very expensive. They are expensive. And it puts you in a different category, a different pool of who you're Mm -hmm. auditioning up against, the kinds of projects you're able to go out for. Um, So the first, the job that officially got me into the union or allowed me to join the union was Greek on mm-hmm. uh, ABC Family. Yep. I had a small recurring role. I did two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that situation, at my audition, they said, we see that you're eligible. Would you be willing and ready to join tomorrow? I was like, yeah, yes. I'll go right now. <laughs> um, and that evening I got a call saying, you better be there when they open, because I started filming the next day. So I had less than 24 hours to join and be on set. That's um, crazy. So yeah, so that was very, thank you, Greek. <laughs> Were you in uh, Greek life at UCSB? I wasn't. Um, UCSB has a small, pretty small Greek life. Yeah. However, the BFA program that I was in, we teased, was like a co-ed sorority fraternity. Um, Theater usually is. Yeah, it's it pretty is. incestuous. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's a family. I did that in high school. I okay. was like, it was this you know, main group. Yeah, oh, yeah. very incestuous. Yeah, I don't know how I could have done both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was my sorority I guess. Now, something else you almost had to get in, inducted into was you were on Supernatural, which has a huge fan base. How was it diving into a, a character as well? I mean, um, now I like I had her name, and now I can't think Mary of Mary Winchester. Mary Winchester. Yeah. I did watch the episodes with oh, you good. and them. It was, you and the husband were so adorable. Thank you. And the fact that you had to jump into a character that that people knew already yeah but a younger version of it how was that um luckily I didn't know that I was doing that when I initially auditioned (laughs) they're very secretive similar to turn but um even more extreme um they change the names for auditions they give you fake breakdowns um so I was preparing a role that I had created based on the sides and the breakdown. Um, And it wasn't until I was in the audition and I saw the casting director like looking at me and looking at a picture of Samantha Smith who plays the, I guess, older version of Mary, um, that I kind of connected. Like, oh, am I going to be the younger version? Um, And then when I was cast, I was told. Um, Which I was glad that I didn't know. Um, And then through doing my research, she does such a beautiful job in creating Mm -hmm. that role and has sort of become sort of everyone's mother and is so loved by that community. Um, And as I'm sure you know, the fan base of Supernatural is unlike anything I have ever experienced or could even imagine. Um, So then all of a sudden pressure was on and I thought, oh my gosh, can I really fill these shoes? Mm -hmm. 
and I, you know, I watched everything I could that she had done to sort of see, okay, who is this person? And when I first got to set, um, the director came up to me and said, we want you to know that we cast you because of you and that you and Samantha share an essence. We're not looking to recreate the Mary that we've already seen. We want to see a different side of her. So free yourself of any kind of feeling that you have to do what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we would have just had her do it. So yeah. that was kind of, that was nice to be like, okay, I can breathe. Um, and I actually, I, I didn't meet her until months later. Um, and it was weird meeting her because we do have a lot of similarities. <laughs> and... Not even anything you can put into words, but more of, like he said, an essence about us. Um, And we've kind of both created our own Marys that almost accidentally are the same person. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of pressure. But Well, everybody seemed also to to be okay with that, too. I was reading the message boards and stuff, too. And note after note, I kid you not, was just like, we love her as as Mary. I mean, she really, like... That did community, the fans I will well. say, they welcomed me with such hugely opened arms. Um, and their support has continued far beyond my time on that show, which hopefully maybe will continue someday. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I had been warned that women are not always welcomed into that world. Oh, but yeah. because I they birthed those Sam and characters. Dean and did not make out with them, I think I have a little bit of an advantage there. Um, yeah. But no, they've been great and have been so supportive and, I mean, like I said, surpassed anything I could have imagined from any fan community. Yeah. I saw actually a video of you, I think it was at Toronto, where like, oh. you even took one of the fans' cameras and yeah. brought it on stage with you and everything. I love how you do that. How was it actually meeting the fans like how many conventions and stuff did you get to go to um i've only done a few conventions and the first convention that i did was after the first episode and matt cohen who plays um john young john winchester Mm -hmm. on the show and i were on the bus that we were being transported from our hotel to the convention center and we were joking that nobody was going to know who we were we'd only been on one episode we'll just like blend in and just be fans and like just see what this world is like because we had both been warned like oh they're going to ask you for conventions now you know as a guest star and at the time we thought it was just that one episode Mm -hmm. we thought like okay that's nice of you to say but why would anybody want like we've been on one episode um and man were we wrong we walked in (laughs) to that hall and it was absolutely mind-blowing i mean you were like the screams and the flashes i felt like i've been asked about this before and the best way i can describe it is i felt like i was like at an at a Beatles concert with the girls like yeah. fainting and it was intense. Um, and those fans know every detail about every character. Um, even down to, I did a, a panel with, um, Jared and Jensen, um, who play the leads on the show. And there are questions like, well, in this episode, your tattoo was three quarters of an inch lower than this episode. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Um, so to be part of that world and to be on the other side of that world was, I think life-changing. I mean, it still is so surreal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really was kind of a crash course in just the the notion that without those fans, the show wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like, you know, they people travel the world to meet the cast of that show Mm -hmm. and, you know, spend their whole savings. And the least I can do is, like, give them a hug or... I feel so indebted to that community. Um, And they really have been so amazing. And I I don't think I could possibly thank them enough. It's been quite a ride and one that I did not expect. Did you go down to Comic-Con with them? Because that's kind of the mecca of the convention. I didn't go to Comic-Con. I've done a few conventions that were strictly supernatural um, Mm. in England and then a few in the States. So, yeah, taking me some fun places. (laughs) What's the most exciting place um, out of all the you know, film set or television sets and everything Mm. that you've done that you've gone? Probably South Africa. Which one was that for? Um, Natalie Holloway for Lifetime. Okay, I was going to ask about that where you filmed it at. Yes, the first one we filmed in Cape Town, South Africa. So that was sort of a... That was Aruba. Yes, that was Aruba. Um, So that was so incredible to get to explore that part of the world and definitely somewhere that... um, I would love to and will go back someday. Because, you know, when you're working, there's only so much 
tourism you can do. And then you get tired, I imagine, right. outdoors, because you had a lot of night scenes as well. Right. Yeah. Um, but that was one in particular that I just kind of forced myself to stay awake because I wanted to see it all. Um, but what an incredibly beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been I've been pretty lucky, though. I've, I've gotten the opportunity to travel a lot for work mm-hmm. um, and seen a lot of places that I probably otherwise would never... I mean, I'd never been to Richmond, Virginia. Um, but yeah, I would say probably Cape Town was most exciting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go back to Natalie, uh, yeah. Holloway, because actually a few people, when I said I was interviewing you, if they didn't watch Turn, they actually knew you from that. Oh, wow. And I, um, I was going to watch a few scenes with you and I ended up getting hooked. I watched the whole thing on Saturday. <laughs> that is what I do on my Saturday night. Lifetime nights. does that. I do Lifetime movies. Um, yeah, and it was, you are amazing in it. Thank and you. what didn't, I mean, the story itself too. I mean, how, how did you get into involved in that role? And was it something where as soon as you had heard the story, because it, it was everywhere, right. um, was that something that kind of engaged you to go into it? Um, yes. You know, it was interesting. It was one of, um, one of my first roles out of college actually. And when I first got the audition notice, I immediately sort of had this, like, feeling in my stomach because I, you know, I'm about the same age as Natalie. I remembered so clearly when that happened. And I think Mm -hmm. in some ways hearing about her story on the news when it was happening was the first time as a teenager that I realized, oh, I'm not invincible. Um, And kind of opened my eyes to how much darkness there is in the world and how, unfortunately, there are her story is not unique. It just happened to be one that got attention. Um, so I was a little bit nervous going into the audition. Um, and when I found out, actually I found out I was cast on that or in that while I was, I think it was, I was filming how I met your mother. I think that all happened right around the same time. Cause I remember where I was when I got the call and it was on that set. Um, yeah, it was, that one, I would say, more than any role, was like, okay, pressure's on. Because I felt like my goal was to not necessarily portray her exactly how she was or, you know, fulfill anybody else's version of that story or of who Natalie was, but to really honor her memory and honor her family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was quite a journey. Um, you know, initially I, I got the book that the movie is based on that her mother Beth Twitty yeah. wrote um, and then her father actually wrote a book as well that I read um, and watched every interview I could possibly find with her relatives and friends and every news interview and every everything I could get that you know you're on Vandersloot all of his public appearances and sort of just like inundated myself with that world um which wasn't the happiest of times. No, I I would um, imagine just after that too. I mean, you need to definitely need a break yeah, or go yeah. back to how I met your mother for right, a few days. Right, some you know? comedy. Um, just be like Neil. Come yeah, over. can you just come make me laugh? <laughs> um, so it was an incredible opportunity and definite challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was lucky enough to get to meet and have brief interaction with Natalie's mother, which was probably one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had. Um, yeah, because she's able to tell you firsthand. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I met her on set. Um, and so it was very sort of superficial and we were being filmed and it wasn't the personal connection that I would have liked. Um, you know, I, I just didn't want to meet her walking into some horrible reenactment of something. Yeah. Um, but that's what it was. And so again, you just kind of have to jump. Um, and it was interesting. It was a very controversial project to be part of. There was a lot of, um, people that were really excited that her story was being told and a lot of people who were not so happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to sort of be in the middle of that and be aware of that and not let that affect my performance, um, was another challenge. Well, and it was one of the highest rated on Lifetime. It, it still might it, be top. Uh, for sure. I know at the time it was top. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It broke records well, for think, them. Right. And I think that um, it's such an important story to be told um, because, like I said, it's not the only one like it. And I think that what Beth has done as a result in terms of really bringing awareness to travel safety and 
um, specifically when dealing with teenagers um, and sort of empowering these young people to have the tools that Natalie didn't have um, is incredible. And I think, you know, largely what I do, my goal is to make a difference in my work. And that was um, one project that I actively felt like I was doing that. You know, if one 16-year-old saw the film and changed the way that they thought or approached a situation, then I feel like it was a successful film. Yeah. So... Well, you do. You have to be so careful. I mean, yeah. I, have you ever studied abroad? I didn't I study abroad, but I remember in high school, even, you know, the senior trip that everyone went on, yeah. even then I just had a bad feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember talking to my parents about it and bringing them the information and saying, like, I, I know this is what everyone's doing, but I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> um, Where was your senior trip to? I think it was somewhere in Mexico. Okay. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's, there's like very little supervision and they let um, you go on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You definitely have to make sure, because I studied abroad too. Oh, you did. It's stuff where when you hear stories like that, I mean, right. my mom was always like, of course. Call me when you get to wherever you're going. I mean, it is something right. where did that you, you brought attention to. Florence. Oh, amazing. Two months. It was, oh, that's awesome. I recommend. It's good. I like walking cities. Yeah, me too. Perfect walking too. city. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend I know. it. It's one thing. If I could do college all over again, I would have studied abroad. Just do it for like the short session. Okay. Like <laughs> after about two and a half months, you're ready. My friends were always kidding me because I was like, where's my McDonald's? Like, I used to go to McDonald's and they're like, you're in Florence, Kristen. Like, it's different there, together. though. It's it like is. fancy in Europe. It's better. Yeah. Well, even in London, as, as you yeah. saw, probably. Yeah, the there was a McDonald's in London. I remember I just walked by, but it had like a fireplace and people taking your order. I was like, where are we? <laughs> my mom's going to laugh at me because she'll watch this. And she'll be like, Kristen, we always bring up McDonald's. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Um, it in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but uh, definitely Natalie uh, Holloway with with that story as well. Did that kind of open up doors for you now? Mm-hmm. You know, because it was probably because it did break so many records. Yeah. It's something on somebody's mind. So when you go in somewhere, did that make it easier or harder after doing that role? You mean in walking like into auditions? Yeah, and, going um, after that. I, I yes, it absolutely opened doors, and it's interesting because it's. Um, I feel like I just did, it and yet it was like almost five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still the one project that I'm consistently asked about, mm-hmm. which I just think is, is funny. Um, and I think, you know, largely because of the subject matter and how sensitive it was. Um, and I still kind of, it's when I think back on it, I feel like I dreamt that whole experience. It was, um, you know, I kind of had to just like, it was almost like an outer body experience. I know that sounds crazy, but um, I had to be fully present and yet removed at the same time because it was the kind of project that at the end of the day I had to just shake it off and let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, again, was another challenge. And then two years later, I got a call that there was a sequel happening. I was like, what? <laughs> How do you make a sequel? Uh-huh. We, we, like, joked about a sequel. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting because in the sequel, I, Justice for Natalie, um, it focused more on sort of what had happened since Natalie's disappearance and um, followed more of the legalities of um, the Euron Vandersloot case and um, how much Beth was supposed to say about him and what was slander. Right. And, yeah. um, and you know, him being tried for the murder of Michelle Flores. And so there were, um, it was, an update, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And so Natalie was really only seen in the second film, either in dreams or flashbacks or visions that Beth had had. And so I was kind of, I played a ghost in the film mm-hmm. and had several different reenactments of what maybe could have happened. And we sort of went through, um, Joran Vandersloot made 11 separate confessions that were all thrown out in the end. Um, but we went through what would it have looked like if one of those would have been true. Mm-hmm. Um so that was an emotional process, but it was interesting because having done the first film and some of the cast had changed, um, I kind of felt like a ghost of the film. Like I was there, but I wasn't really interacting with people, many people yeah. except um, Stephen Amell, who played Euron Vandersloot, mm-hmm. who's now Arrow. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting revisiting that a few years later. Do you still talk to him, or do you watch Arrow? Yes and yes. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I've auditioned for the show a few times, and we, we've kind of lost touch over the past few years. But 
I'll like text him and be like, okay, I'm auditioning for this role. Do you have any inside scoop? Um, but he's great. And it's funny. I remember when he auditioned for the role. Um, and then all of a sudden he like exploded, which was so fun to watch. And he's a great guy. So that's good to hear. I know so many, we have on after buzz, like arrow is one of the top shows. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He, he definitely deserves it. (laughs) Is there, um, I lost my train of thought. That's terrible. Um, I was so excited when you were talking about that kind of stuff, but, um, with that as well, what did, um, for all the actors and mm-hmm. people in entertainment, what would be the one thing of advice that you would give to them? For what? What, what kind of advice? Just um, getting into, you know, uh, what was something that somebody told you that kind of kept you going for entertainment? Um, Who's your biggest cheerleader? Oh, there's so much. Um, I would say probably the thing that is most prevalent right now in my life because it's a roller coaster and it I think acting in the entertainment industry in general have the highest highs and the lowest lows um, and I remember growing up I was always told like if there's anything else you think you could possibly be happy doing do it and there wasn't for me um, you know like I said from the time I can remember my you know my earliest memory of deciding this is what I'm gonna do with my life I was five um, and so I just knew that there wasn't another option, that this is what I was meant to be doing. Um, but I understand that advice now mm-hmm. m- more than I did. Um, and I think it comes from the fact that, like I said, it is a roller coaster and you just can't, you can't take no for an answer. Um, and, you know, sort of the, I recently saw um, a video uh, wh- actors were talking about answering this very question mm-hmm. um and someone said that as an actor you have to take every opportunity you're given to act whether that's two minutes of an audition or six months on a film or 10 years on a tv show um we're given the opportunity to share what we love with whoever's watching um and i kind of feel like as an actor i have a responsibility as a storyteller to teach and to heal and to inspire. Um, and like we were talking about with Natalie Holloway, if one person in the audience is moved or forced to think a different way or emotionally impacted at all, then I've done my job. Um, and so I think sticking clear to that, why do you want to be doing this? Um, and why is there no other option is kind of what keeps me going. There's like, there's a bigger picture there. Um, you know, in terms of auditioning, it's not about the one audition. I've had so many opportunities and ultimately so many jobs that have not come from the audition, but have come from an audition I did six months, oh, sorry, six months <laughs> prior and someone saw my tape and remembered me for a project in the future. So you never know. Um, my acting coach always says, like, you have to think of your life as like a garden and you're planting seeds and you have no idea where those seeds are going to pop up and become flowers, which is cheesy, but is true. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of takes the pressure off the specific audition is just keep going because you yeah. never know. And if you know this is what you're meant to do, you'll do it. So before I get to, um, this is the second time I'll be doing my super fan section that Ooh, I started fun. with J. August Richards. Um, I do have a fan question, yes. well, a friend question, uh, from Megan Salinas, <laughs> who just turned with us. She wanted to know, so she had two questions, but they're they're together, which role has been the most fun for you, and which role has been the most <sighs> difficult? We kind of talked about Natalie being the questions. most difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I think the most difficult on an emotional level, mm-hmm. definitely, I would say Natalie Holloway. Um Gosh, those are hard. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Megan. You yeah. couldn't ask a John Andre Thanks. question. But I was, I was counting on it. <laughs> I had juicy details for you. Um, oh, gosh. what does he smell like? I'll ask that. What does he smell like? Yeah. What, what does JJ smell like? I'm just trying to think of a juicy. All right. Well, this is like so not romantic, but baby powder because that's what they use in his hair. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's hilarious. A little braid. The only reason I thought of that question is once Charlize Theron was asked that with Michael Fassbender. That's so funny. <laughs> yes, there was a lot of baby powder on set. You know, that it's set, though, funny. had all kinds of smells with the candles and the fog machines and, um, yeah, it's sort of a mush <laughs> of 
those were the days that I was happy my allergies were acting up. I was like, okay, um, but yeah, sorry, difficult and most, most fun. fun. I think Philomena has probably been one of the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, number one for the dress up factor. Growing up, That's I always so cool. wanted to be a fairy tale princess, and I kind of feel like she gets to play that line a little bit. Um, the wardrobe on the show is so incredible, and the whole design team are, I mean, they're some of the most talented people I've ever met. Um, so to have the opportunity to step into this incredible, make-believe but not fully real, actualized, lived-in world um, was so fun. I, I Every script, there were new surprises and, and new challenges. Mm-hmm. Um but I have to say, and I really mean this, and don't mean to sound cheesy, um, but I've been pretty fortunate to have pretty much across the board positive experiences. And yeah, some roles are more personally fulfilling and creatively fulfilling than others. Um, but there are always memories and lessons that I've taken away from every one of them. And you've gotten so many different things. Okay, so my super fan section. Yes, super fan. It's just going to be basically random questions. Okay. Kind of based on, you know, stuff that we've talked about and some really out in left field. Bring it and on. We'll just go from there. Great. That's kind of how I like to do that. So um, what I'm going to start with, the first one is always, what are you obsessed with now? Like, if we were just going to talk, we just like, oh my, my puppy. God, I have I have officially become that crazy dog owner that I always made fun of. Have you tweeted pictures? No, but I will. What? Tweet one. Okay. I want to see a puppy. Pic. All right, or just show tuned. me after. Okay. What kind of dog? He's an Australian Shepherd mix. Ooh. Um, we think maybe Lab. We're not really sure. Okay. Um, what do you name him? Jackson with an X. J A X O N. Um, Is that after something or just like the you name? You know we. I don't know how people name children because naming a dog was the hardest decision. It really is. We it went just through like comes lists to you. and lists. Yeah, it did. And we had so when we when we got him, we had a few ideas. He was Brando for a few days, and that just didn't feel right. Um, and Jackson was on the list, but we weren't sure. And it kind of came about because um, when we got him, he was like four pounds, a little uh-huh. fluff ball. And when he sat on the floor, he couldn't, he wasn't strong enough to like keep himself sitting, so he would sort of like moonwalk across the floor. So we're like, Jackson! And he answered to it, so it stuck. Oh, that's perfect. He's like, my love. How old is he now? He'll be one tomorrow. Oh, so he's still a baby. He's a baby. So is, you have any problems in the house? Like, does he like to chew some shoes? He's a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. The chewing has gotten better. (laughs) Um, do you have to spray him when he does something bad? That's why I, I haven't had a puppy. Um, we always get our dogs a little we, later. We didn't spray him, but that somebody had suggested that like water. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not true, actually. I lied. We did spray him with water, <laughs> and it was funny. I felt so bad, but after we did it like two times, then we would touch the water bottle, and he would just stop and look at us. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, but it's pretty fun. It's amazing how having an animal changes your life, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only am I so much more active because he has to be. Yeah, you have to take um, him out. Yeah. But it's really caused us to sort of rediscover where we live. And, you know, I've grown up in California mm-hmm. and didn't ever really took advantage of, like, what is around us. There's so many amazing hiking trails and beaches and places that, I have didn't know about till I got a dog, um, mm. and I grew up with dogs, and so I've always loved. I, mean, I kind of grew up with a farm. We had every animal. What, um, what kind of? What was probably the strangest animal? If you're at t- one point, we had two dogs, two chickens, a turtle, two birds, like an aquarium of the fish that were always having babies. Um, you have to keep an iguana. A <laughs> yeah. Um, iguana would be a little out there for a farm too. I wouldn't it, have pictured it was an that farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the iguana was a troublemaker. Um, so I've always loved animals, but mm-hmm. um, having my own is a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. He's like my baby. Now going back to the card game, yeah. What is your favorite card game? <laughs> I would say it's a toss-up between Crazy Eights and. I don't even know. Is it slap? Where you like go really fast and then? Oh, I think there's a few different names for that, but I know what you're talking okay. about. I'm really good at that. <laughs> so no Vegas games. Like you're not. 
Do you do you gamble in Vegas? No, a little bit. I give myself a limit though. Yeah, because it just goes so fast. All of a sudden, you're like taking your money. <laughs> I know. I like so. where I can see my money a little bit more. Like if I yeah. go to a show, or do right. you go to a show yeah. still? Yes. Yeah, do you, yeah. Now, if you're going to go to a show because you've done theater, do you go see a musical or do you go see like Shakespeare? Uh, it really depends. Mm-hmm. On the um, mood. Yeah, I love live performance in general, so it kind of depends on what's there and yeah. What's your favorite musical? I'm going to have to, oh gosh, there's so many. I'm going to have to go with Chicago only because it's what secured my decision to be an actress. When I was five, such a silly story. When I was five, um, my brother was in a high school production of Chicago and I went and sat like on the floor in front of the seats every single night and with the script in my lap. I couldn't read, but I had the script. Um, and I memorized the entire show start to finish and closing night went up to my parents and informed them that I was going to be Roxy Hart one day, which coming from a five-year-old is a little bit worrisome. Um, <laughs> they're like, hide the gun. Uh, exactly. Um, and when I was 16, I did play Roxy. And so that was sort of, I think of all the shows I was part of, that was the one that had the most impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my favorite for sentimental reasons. See, in high school, I was Velma Kelly for Halloween. What? I kid you not, my friend was Roxy Hart. We should get pictures somewhere. Remake. We should. I think I have the wig somewhere else. Yes. Okay, I'll do one or two more quick okay. questions, and then we do have to wrap up. Um, so in Supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, you saying "Hey Jude" yes to the to, to your sons. Um, what's your favorite Beatles song, though? I'm a big Beatles fan. Um, I actually tried to convince the director to let me hum Hey Jude over the credits, but it was a legal issue and I couldn't do uh, that. Um, like saying happy birthday or something. Right, you know, right. Can't do any of it's this. like, I could change it up. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my favorite Beatles song. Oh, gosh. I don't think I have a favorite Beatles song. I love so the Beatles. Yeah. Earlier Beatles or later Beatles? Um... Probably earlier Beatles. Yeah. Um, it's also good, though. It really is. They're, they're just classic. Um, what? Um, so you were on CSI. Yes. Um, Miami so and New York. What's your preference, My, if Miami oh. or New York? Preference as an actor or as a victim? Ooh. Uh, let's go with victim. Victim. Um, Which one was tougher for you? My role in New York was, was meatier, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Got to kill my husband um, <laughs> and cover it and then be, you know, torn apart into mm-hmm. emotional mush until I confessed. Um, that was a really fun show to work on. Both of them were. I um, My role on CSI New York, I think, was a little bit more involved, um, and I was there for longer. Um, and, I mean, like I said about How I Met Your Mother, but talk about a well-oiled machine. That show moves so quickly. We would have, like, one or two takes and then, like, done. Um, so that was the whole time I was like, okay, what's next? Um, so yeah, they were both fun for different reasons, but I think that I, I got a little bit more involved in CSI New York. And then two more I'm going to ask. Um, so you were in Grimm. We talked about, you know, you wanting to be a fairy tale princess. If you could be any fairy tale princess, which like, who's your favorite? Who would you want to be? If you were on Once Upon a Time, oh, I love who would you cast? Yes. What if she's already been on? That's um, okay. Well, she got sick. Uh, she she got, had to be recast. Yeah, she had to be recast. Um, she's so funny you asked about that show. I just recently have gotten into Once Upon a Time. I'm obsessed. Oh, man. Um, my first instinct would be Cinderella. However, as a child, it was a toss-up. I went through phases where I would only respond to certain names okay. and costumes. Um, and I, I switched off between Cinderella, Tinkerbell, and Alice in Wonderland. So they're not all princesses, but... But they're all blonde. Right. Okay, yeah, there you I go. I stuck with Belle, because I was <laughs> like, I got the brunette thing going on. <laughs> Perfect. And then, uh, final question, if you could be on any show, what would you want to be on? Can we go back in time? Absolutely. Breaking Bad. Ooh. I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I don't... It's a good show to be on. I don't know who I would have been. What about uh, Better Call Sal? There you go. You Maybe could, he you needs could fix a that. That's receptionist. AMC as well. You should get on that. You need to get on that, Amy. All right, let's work on that. Let's get Amy. We should do a hashtag. <laughs> get Amy on Better Call Sal. <laughs> 
Well, thank I you love it. so much for thank coming you. back. And I like, if there's a million and ten questions, oh, like, well, to be continued. Yes, exactly. We'll have you back in for other stuff. Great, for sure. Can't You're wait. Welcome. Um, and thank you guys so much for joining us on Spotlight On. Oh, and Amy, where can the fans find you? Website? Um, yes, Twitter. I have a website, which is just my name, amygumenick.com. It's G-U-M-E-N-I-C-K. Um, also on Twitter, at Amy Gumenick, um, And Facebook, Amy Gumenick. Pretty easy. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. so excited. I mostly just wanted to hang out with you for an hour. I that know. That's more well, why I called When you. the cameras turn off. <laughs> exactly. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Kristen Carroll. You can find me on Twitter at KristenCarroll13. I also do the True Blood podcast right now and hopefully more Spotlight on, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.